Welcome to Spirit School. My name is Danielle Sarank, also known as the Squamish Medium. I am the host of your Spirit School, where I will share all the lessons and learnings that I have uncovered through my intuitive development and mediumship development journey. I am a professional psychic and medium, an intuitive teacher and mentor, and I look forward to walking alongside you on this journey. Hello everyone, welcome to Spirit School. Thank you for tuning in again this week where we talk about the seed of intuition. Now what was fascinating for me about this topic is I'd never heard that term before and one day about a month ago, it was a month of six weeks ago, I was just pottering around my kitchen doing nothing and clairaudiently I kept picking up this term, the seat of intuition, the seat of intuition and I was like, ooh, what's this? Like how is this coming in so quickly and so swiftly and I knew it was my clairaudience um, kicking in because I know how to discern my clairaudience from my own thoughts now. Um, as a developing medium and so I was like "Ooh, this is something and this is interesting so it wasn't a term I'd ever heard before and I had a wonderful first mediumship teacher um, Shanna Lee Gibson who's in White Rock BC she's no longer doing mediumship but she is doing mentorship um, at a soul level and what I loved most about studying under her was I loved listening to her speak about philosophy spiritual philosophy uh, it was probably my favorite part of all the spiritual development classes I did with her. And one of the things that she taught us was when we hear something new, a new philosophy, a new term, a new idea, to not go running and look it up, but rather go inwards and see what wisdom your own soul has on the topic at hand. And we did this um, with the spiritualist principles, or seven principles of spiritualism. So she used to give them to us to read. And then instead of like Googling or having a discussion with other people, we would sit and meditate on it and um, kind of discern for ourselves what those philosophies mean to us. So this is how I've been trained. And this is actually how I like to inspire my students is like, don't listen to me and everything I say. If you're if you have a peaked interest in something that I'm talking about, go inside yourself and see what else you can pull out of this. So when I kept having this saying come up, the seed of intuition, I was really curious. And so I refused to Google it <laughs> and I decided to work with spirit on trying to get my own understanding of what this could potentially mean. And I, I do feel that when things come up this easily, especially when it comes through one of my Claire's, uh, it's something that I'm supposed to be paying attention to. And this is the other thing is that um, I would start, I wouldn't think about it all the time and then it would just come into my awareness again. So I was like, okay, I haven't forgot about this. So what I do is I will go into a meditation and I'll place the thought to spirit. Spirit, what do I need to know about the seat of intuition? How come this is coming to my awareness at this time? And I would just journal, journal, journal. So much of what I'll be talking about today on what I feel like the seat of intuition is, is actually based off of some of my notes from my meditation sessions and my communications with spirit. So the definition that I came up with through my multiple uh, meditation sessions and just pondering this uh, spiritual philosophy, I suppose, was the seat of intuition is the harmonious relationship between your physical body, spiritual energy body, and your soul's wisdom. So 
So it was quite big for me when I wrote that down and it kind of came through me in a channeling state um, as is much of the information I'm bringing through today. So sometimes when that happens to me and I end up channeling more of a message than um, you know, thinking about it too much, it's almost like it's coming out so fast I don't have time to fully comprehend it. So it was interesting for me that that was the definition that came out. So one thing I felt inspired to surround this podcast around was like, okay, so if that's the seat of intuition, then how do we sit in that seat? <laughs> how do we get there? So if we were to focus first on the physical body, so one of the clear messages I felt I received um, was around our harmonious relationship with our physical body and nurturing our relationship with that part of ourselves. And that is very important to developing our intuition. And I truly feel is one of the life lessons that so many of us are faced with is loving ourselves inside and out. And yeah, and there's so much wisdom that our bodies hold. And when we tune into that wisdom, we need to have a really healthy relationship with that part of ourselves. So just to share a little bit about my experience with this is, um, you know, I, I had a really rough upbringing as most of us did. I'm pretty sure um, a lot of people would resonate with what I'm about to say, but I experienced like abuse on different levels um, from being a very young age until being in my early 20s. I seemed to attract abusive relationships. There was a time for a long time that I pretty much ignored my body. Like I never looked at it in the mirror. I never paid much attention to it. I sure didn't nourish it or feed it well. Um, I, I was completely in a state of ignoring it is the only way I could describe it. I never even appreciated all the wonderful things that my body did for me. It was just a complete state of ignorance. A couple things happened. One, I entered a shamanic immersion program, which I completed for a year with um, Juliet Woods of Threefold Balance. And that was paramount for me when it came to tapping into my divine self, understanding the deep-rooted connection I have with the moon, with Mother Earth, with the waters of the world, of all the elements. And I felt like a goddess in that program. And it was really one of the most transformational things for me um, and my relationship with my body. It was quite a neat experience. So after I came out of that one-year experience, Something completely shifted in me when it came to um, my body and how I felt no shame over it anymore. I was like, I don't mind looking at myself naked in the mirror. And, you know, I love my body and I, I feel so lucky that I'm able to get around this world, um, you know, in a healthy and vibrant way because my body is so amazing. And not only that, but I started getting tattoos and... One time I had a lady ask me, like, why would you get a tattoo? Like, why would you do that to your body? And it almost just came out of me. I said, you know, I, I overcame a lot of abuse <laughs> to my body. And by way of getting tattoos and marking my skin with sacred symbols and sacred words that resonate with me at a soul level, it's just an act of sovereignty for me. I have complete autonomy and sovereignty over my body, over my soul, over my mind. And so by marking my, my skin with these sacred symbols is an act of sovereignty to me. 
And it actually made her cry. And it kind of made me pretty emotional too, because I never thought of it like that. But, uh, you know, it took me a long time. It took me about 20 years to really um, find healing over my body and understand the relationship that I have with it. And so I can tell you that since I had that experience, this is where clairsentience comes into play. This is that clear feeling um, sense of communication with the world of spirit. Since I've had this real healing breakthrough with my body, my clairsentient is off the chart. I am able to pick up so much information from the world of spirit just through my body. And I know that that's because I've done that work to heal my own relationship and wounds with um, my body emotionally physically spiritually mentally so I think that that's very paramount for the intuitive development journey um, and then again because clairsentient we are all clairsentient but the way I describe it um, in my readings is if I'm working with somebody in the spirit world who say had a stroke they actually make my left arm go numb. And, you know, I had somebody who um, received some sort of poison bite from a bug and I actually felt a prick on my finger and then it slowly um, leaked up my arm and that was, like, very evidential for the person who was sitting in front of me. I also have a very clear sign on the back of my head, um, like an actual ache and pain at a certain area in the back of my head. That's my sign for depression. And I also have a different area of my head um, that kind of gives a big pang when I'm dealing with situational depression over like an actual mental health issue. Um, same, I have a different point on my head for an aneurysm. <laughs> you, you get where I'm going, right? I am so in tune with my physical body now after doing that big work. And therefore, the world of spirit knows that I'm so in tune with it that they're able to give me information through my body um, for sitters from the world of spirit. So I just wanted to validate that, um, that I think that this is a huge part of the intuitive development journey. So get to know your body, get to know how you feel in it so that you know what's for when, when you are put in a place of service and you need to pick up information from the world of spirit for somebody. So I, as a teacher, <laughs> I really wanted to share some recommendations on how to strengthen your relationship with your body. So the first one is write a list of all the amazing things that your body does. I had a conversation with my daughter in the car two weeks ago, and it was a conversation that just like broke my heart. Um, she was hangry, <laughs> legit hangry. So she was screaming and she was so upset and she started screaming at the top of her lungs. I hate my body. And I mean, I'm ready. I'm raising a little goddess here. Right. And so my heart is like broken hearing her say this. And this is obviously learnt language from school because these are not things that are said in my household. Um, that's for sure. And so as a mom of a five-year-old girl saying I, she hates her body, I immediately turned into teacher mode and I was like, Katie Jane, I'm like, look how amazing our bodies are. We can run and we could jump and we could dance and we do gymnastics and yoga and we walk and we hike and we give high fives and tickles. And I just ran through this list of her, all the amazing things that are body does and she calmed down and now that's actually one of our daily dialogues with each other as we list out all the amazing things that our body does and so I encourage you to do that as well let's get on a very positive high vibe high vibe uh, love fest with our bodies 
Also seek professional help when it looks to addressing past traumas related to the bodies. You know, through my um, abuse recovery, I did trauma-informed care. As an intergenerational residential school survivor, I had to do something like that because a lot of what I carry is actually not mine. It's ancestral as well. So, um, you know, if our bodies are so wise, if they're uncomfortable, we will feel aches and pains and we will carry a lot of emotions um, in our bodies. So I can't recommend professional help as well, whether that's therapy or trauma-informed care or um, anything else that kind of comes into your awareness with that. Start seeing food as medicine for the body. So I recently just got a book um, that one of my students recommended to me by the medical medium, Anthony Williams, and it's called Life-Changing Foods. I cannot recommend this book enough. You know, I'll just give you an example that she gave me, which is around oranges. So oranges are the happy fruit. So they're the ones that are full of vitamin D. So if you're feeling down and you're feeling down in the dumps and a little bit sad and depressed, have an orange. It will boost your mood and raise your vibrations. So in the book, he lists out all the health benefits, but also all the emotional and spiritual benefits of food. So getting something like that may help you see food as actual medicine for your body. The other thing is body scanning. So there's tons of guided meditations and visualizations online through YouTube or different apps. I use the Breathe app and you're able to do a body scan and they'll take you through different areas of the body and you should be able to feel as you're doing the scan different areas that need some extra love and attention and support. So I highly recommend those. So the next part of the seed of intuition that Spirit gave me was around understanding your spiritual body. So this is a very important part of our intuitive development journeys. So this is including our chakra energy centers and our aura. So we need to know how to protect our energy, how to cleanse it, how to scan it, how to nurture it. Um, And so one of the ways that we can do this too is through meditation and color work and pendulum work or by seeing a reputable healer in this area of specialty. So I did talk about in one of my first podcasts around being energy sick. So my energy sickness comes from a very unhealthy and unbalanced and unnurtured spiritual energy body. So I had to learn how to do a body scan um, for the health and well-being of my chakras and my energy centers to be able to identify where I may need some extra love and attention energetically to avoid energy sickness. Another thing I had to learn how to do was how to work with my aura. So I had to learn how to expand it and retract it because I want to expand it when I'm in a place of service. Like if I'm doing my readings or if I'm doing my classes, I want to be able to reach the loved ones on the other side and the teachers in the spirit world and my guides and the angels. So I'm focusing on expanding my aura. But when I'm wanting to go to Costco or to my kids' school play, I'm going to be retracting my aura to protect my energy so I'm not out all the time. So I use that actually as a visualization to bring it out, bring it in, bring it out, bring it in. And then working with the world of colors, it's like... You know, typically for me, and everybody has their own definitions of their own colors, but if I see my aura as being like green or blue or pink, it's a really healthy, vibrant state. But if I see it actually like a red or a brown, I know that um, my aura could use a little bit of a brush off and a little bit of a dusting. So I wanted to give you some exercises on how to get to know your energy body and how to kind of check out its 
health and well-being, if you will. So pendulum work. Now, this is one of the only ways I actually use a pendulum. I used to early on use it thinking that it would communicate with the world of spirit. And maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but didn't find it to be incredibly accurate. But when it comes to scanning my chakras, I find the pendulum to be the most accurate. So I'll actually sit in a chair and I'll hold the pendulum out about six inches from my body and I'll go down, I'll start at the root chakra, so just hold it in front of my lap um, around the buttocks and, you know, that area of your body and I would get my pendulum to give me a sign for yes, give me a sign for no and then I would hold it in front of the root chakra and say, is my root chakra charged, energized and balanced? And I would either get a yes or a no, then I would go to the sacral. I would go up a couple inches. Is my sacral chakra balanced, energized, and rejuvenated? I would use words like that, and I would go through all my chakras, and at least one or two of them would have a no, and the rest would have a yes. Then I would sit and send color to those areas of my body that got a no, and that would be my balancing of my chakras. Like That's how I've done it, God, since I started doing my intuitive development journey. The Like the body scan as well, you can do that with your aura and with your chakras, not just body parts. So if you can find a guided meditation or even do your own visualization and go through the chakras and lay down or however you want to do it, you should be able to feel um, chakras that may be out of balance. It might be harder to actually see them and visualize them. You might actually find it easy to skip over one. Anytime you feel that, just know that that might be that chakra needing some extra attention and love. So I told you about expanding your aura, visualizing white light around your body. And if you do that, if you do the aura exercise where you expand it and then you retract it, I really want you to pay attention and journal how you feel. So if you walk around intentionally with your aura expanded outwards, do you feel dizzy? Do you feel unclear? Do you feel a little bit energetically drained? I want you to write stuff like that down. And same with if you're retracting your aura and you're actually putting it, I put it just about uh, six inches to a foot around my body. How do you feel? Do you feel more grounded? Do you feel like a little bit disconnected? Like what are the words that you feel when you're doing this? Because you'll want to know what's best for you because what works for me is not going to work for everybody. And then crystal healing. So after I do my pendulum work or my energy scan, I will use crystals to um, help balance those areas that need it the most. So as an example, one day a couple months ago, I was not doing very well. Um, I was off work for a couple months and really early on, I did one of my uh, pendulum works to see how my chakras were. And two of my chakras were completely out of whack. It was my solar plexus and my sacral. So I laid down on my bed after I determined that and I grabbed two stones. I grabbed a citrine and I grabbed a carnelian stone, carnelian for the sacral and um, the citrine for my solar plexus. And so I actually laid on the bed and I put the sacral, I put the crystal on the sacral and the crystal on the solar plexus and I just breathed in those colors. And then I ended up having an angel experience, which was really amazing. It was a great way to heal my energy body and get an angelic experience at the same time. So that's the seed of intuition when we talk about your harmonious relationship with your spiritual energy body. So the third part of the seat of intuition based off of my definition, based off the work I've done, is understanding our soul's wisdom and the knowledge it holds for us during this experience of life. So I believe that our soul's wisdom is what 
you know, is very connected to what many call the Akashic Records. Now, I don't know much about the Akashic Records. I'm just starting a course right now with Rebecca Campbell on it. But I, I imagine, because I did read a lot of Sylvia Brown books when I was younger, um, that this is kind of what she calls the Hall of Records. This is where our um, soul's information is kept, almost on scrolls, I imagine. <laughs> I'm so literal when they talk about like a Hall of Records and Akashic Records. But it's basically the information house of our past lives, our current life, and even our future lives. So knowing that we are souls and spirit before we are even human, of course, we have all the divine wisdom within ourselves. Of course, our souls are all knowing. And I notice that more and more as I go on my mediumship journey is that I'm really wanting to empower more people to understand that you don't need me. Like, yeah, let's meet up like once or twice um, for readings, but you don't need me to tell you, um, you know, everything you need to know about your life because our souls are so wise and if we can slow down for a hot minute connect with ourselves and dedicate and devote to understanding our own souls we have everything we need inside I think that this is like one of the most important parts of the seat of intuition is understanding our soul's wisdom and everything it beholds so in an intuitive life for me for an example um through my energy body and through my physical body is how I receive information from the world of spirit. And it's almost like my soul's wisdom is helping me translate it in a way to my client that they'll understand. So I can understand when spirit brought this definition to me of how this all kind of like ties in and how hard it is to explain. So I hope I'm doing it all justice for you guys. So I just wanted to give you some ways I know of to nurture your relationship with your own soul's wisdom. So the first one's called soul inquiry. So this is what I took my students through this past weekend. Um, and it's it's kind of, you know, tagged off of the work that Rebecca Campbell does, who I'm studying under right now as well. She wrote the books, Light is the New Black and Rise, Sister Rise. She's a complete priestess goddess. Like, she is so powerful. If you ever get the chance to read her books or take her workshops or even just listen to her talk, she is so powerful. And so a lot of what I learned about soul inquiry is actually from her. So this is basically just sitting with yourself and tapping into your divine feminine. So I will put on a very divine feminine track and I will continually tell myself that I love myself. I love my children. I love my body. I love my spirit. I love my soul. I'll just get myself into that completely connected with my divine feminine self. And then I'll ask myself questions such as, what is my soul yearning for? Or what is my soul wanting to reveal to me at this time? And then I'll just journal the answers that I get. And, you know, I've been doing this for almost two years now um, because I've read her books for that long. And I just attended a workshop with her, uh, I guess it was about a month ago, a couple weeks ago in Portland. And we did this soul inquiry work. It was my first time doing it with her in the presence and with other people. And it was so incredibly powerful. I couldn't even believe it. And one of the most shocking things that came up for me when I was doing the soul inquiry was when I was asking, what is my soul yearning for? And what came up was less ambition. And I'm like, whoa, like I have a business now. I'm like expanding my business. And what my soul was yearning for was less ambition, which is why I didn't do a podcast last week or I didn't do full moon article this week because, you know, 
I love doing that stuff, but if if I truly don't feel inspired to do it, I'm not going to force it. And so my soul coming up with that last month was almost like permission for myself at a very soul level to not have to keep up with everything and just listen to my body, listen to my spirit and honor it. And I believe that I'll be in a much better place when I start doing that. So that all came through that soul inquiry work. Also past life regression and Akashic record readings. Though I do encourage you, if you do go down this route, to look for somebody reputable. So what I would do if I was looking for past life regressionists is I would probably put it out to my woo-woo community and say, hey, does anyone know any uh, past life regressionists? And just go by word of mouth because I promise you that a fancy website and a high price tag, it's not indicative of how good a practitioner is. So definitely go with somebody who comes referred. And finally, it's really heeding the calls of your soul. You can feel it. I promise you, if you have a big decision to make, you can feel what the right decision is at that soul level. And the more that you heed those calls and you follow those nudges and cookie crumbs, the more magical your life will get and the more ease and flow will enter your life. So it's really not ignoring the callings of the soul. So the other thing I wanted to tell you too about um, the soul, which I didn't actually know until very recently, to be honest with you, I think when I read Kyle Gray's book very recently, but around that soul star chakra. So it's that eighth chakra that sits about six inches above our head. And I actually picture it as like a golden star. And so this is where some believe that our soul resides is about six inches outside of our body. Now, I don't know how I feel about that, but I need to share what I've read with that. But I did have a very powerful experience when I was with Rebecca Campbell a few weeks ago where she had us meditate and kind of focus our intention on that soul star chakra. And I will say I had a lot of magical experiences with that. So that's how they believe our um, connection to the divine is. And that's how we access the Akashic records um, or the hall of records and our soul's wisdom is actually through that soul star chakra. So I just put it out there as um, if if that piques your interest or if you just got little spirit bumps, um, then look into that a little bit more. So these are my inspired thoughts when it comes to what the seat of intuition is. A harmonious and trusting relationship between our physical body, energy body, and soul's wisdom. So that's it for Spirit School this week. I would be really fascinated to hear your thoughts on this because I'll be honest with you, when I hear these philosophies, I never Google them and I have not Googled it yet. So I wanted to record this podcast and publish it before I go snooping Google to see what other people are saying, what this seed of intuition is. But I'd be really curious to know how you resonated with this episode and with the information I provided. Um, so just hit me up a message at Squamish Media at iCloud.com or on my Instagram at Squamish Medium. And if you can, because my podcast is actually kind of getting out there now, I have over a thousand downloads and that's thanks to you sharing my podcast. So I would love it if you would take a moment to rate and review and share it with your friends.